So this morning, we want to talk a little bit more about the, uh, the dressing of the soldier for battle. And we're going to continue our series that we were talking about, or we began uh, partially last weekend, um, which is a three-week series called Faith, Hope, and Love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13 says, Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love. These are three character qualities that every child of God should aspire to obtain in his life. Why? Because these character qualities are so valuable, they will benefit you and bless you your entire life. They're everlasting. They won't ever fade. They won't ever lose their ability to profit and to benefit your life. Amen? And so last week, we focused on the first of those three qualities, which was faith. And uh, I only taught one of the services. So I want to take a little bit of time to review. And so those of you that were at the second service last week, pardon me for the review. But uh, I want to just catch up those who maybe wasn't here. The character quality of faith. As we looked into this character quality, we tried to answer three questions. What is faith? And we just kind of balled it down and we said, faith simply is the ability to rely on and trust God. It's to rely on and trust God. You know, people said, I have faith. Well, do you really? You know, how do you know if you're really walking in faith? How do you know if you are a man or woman of faith? Well, ask yourself, who do you turn to when you have problems? Who do you turn to when your back's against the wall? Who are you relying on to meet your needs today? Well, faith-filled people learn how to rely on God. Right? Maybe some of you didn't hear me. I'm going to say it again. Faith-filled people learn to rely on God and trust God. Amen? And you uh, you know, people that don't rely on God suffer with more uh, emotional problems, you know, with fear and anxiety and and all that stuff. But you know what faith does? It allows you to depend and trust God in difficult times of life, and it helps you to live a peaceful life, a restful life. Amen? It gives you a better quality of life whenever you trust in God. Because everything else you could trust in can't compare to trusting in God. Amen? It's like standing on sand or standing on the rock. When you're walking in faith, you're standing in God. It's it's standing on the rock. And you'll still be standing when the storms blow through. Amen? Now, why do we need faith? Well, we said, number one, it unlocks spiritual blessings. And when you read the Bible, you read the Gospels, you see that where God found faith... God's spirit moved. And you know, uh, millions have received blessings in their life because they had faith in God, because they relied on God. I mean, if I took the time right now to just go through through this audience and say, name me a blessing that you've received in your life by trusting God, we would be here for the rest of the day. Right? And that's just in this room. But millions have received miracles, received blessings. Remember blind Bartimaeus? He received sight. He was blind and he received his sight. And and the Bible tells us that the reason he did was because he had faith. 
You know, we said also that faith opens up the miraculous in your life. You know, there's some times where nobody in the natural can help you out. And the only hope is that God would do a miracle in your life. And how many of you know God is a God of miracles? Amen. And when blind Bartimaeus received his sight, the blind, the blind wouldn't receive their sight. There was no cure for the blind. But blind Bartimaeus received his sight. And Jesus told him why. In Mark 10 and 51, he said, uh, he asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus, uh, or, or Jesus asked, and he, Bartimaeus said, my rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see. How many of you know faith and prayer unlocks blessings of miracles in your life? And so if you stand in faith and you begin to ask God for his grace to flow in your life, there's no telling what God could do in your life. Again, if we took the time to say, how many miracles have been experienced in this room? We would be here all day because it's true. God always responds to people that put their faith and trust in him. You know, today, some people, they almost are, they almost think it's, it's popular to be an atheist or an agnostic. Like there's somebody special. I tell you, you're a fool to not believe in God. I tell you, you're a fool not to put your trust in God. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Ain't nothing cool about being an atheist or an agnostic. I tell you what's cool. Throwing your whole life and heart towards God and believing and trusting God to work in your life. When this world we're living in all burns up, the only thing that will be lasting is your faith in Jesus Christ. So I encourage you today, grab a hold of faith. Amen? Now, how do you get there? How do you grow your faith? Well, number one, we said you learn to persevere through trials with a good attitude. You know, sometimes we get through trials with a bad attitude. That's not passing the test. The key is with a good attitude. Amen. James said, consider it joy when you go through trials, when you go through tribulations. You see, whenever you're able to not shake your fist at God, have a temper tantrum and do it with a good attitude, that's how you get blessed with, with God's grace. Amen. So how do you grow your faith? Well, you learn to persevere through your trials with a good attitude. Number two, you learn to feed your faith by reading, studying, and listening to the Word of God. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Listen, Rush Limbaugh is not going to increase my faith. Fox News is not going to increase my faith. Talk show radio is not going to increase my faith. I'll tell you what's going to increase my faith. Listening to, hearing, studying the word of God is going to increase my faith. Amen. And the Bible says we overcome by our faith. So listen, I ain't got time to listen to nobody's opinion about what's going on in the country. I want to know what God says because God's word is going to increase my faith. Amen. Number three, we grow our faith by trusting and relying on God to meet a specific need. And, you know, whenever Jesus asked Bartimaeus, he said, what do you want from me? And he says, my rabbi. Thought you were smarter than that. Can't you see him stumbling around here? I can't see. 
Jesus knew what he, what he needed, right? But he was making him say it, speak it, articulate it. I want to receive my sight. And I think we need to learn how to trust God to do something in our lives. Specifically, it's like holding a dumbbell. It will grow your faith. When you use your faith, it'll grow your faith. And so we need to grow our faith. It pleases God when we walk by faith, when we trust him. There was a king in the Bible that saw great miracles in his life. But somewhere along the way, he began to trust in man instead of the doctors. Or he began to trust in doctors instead of God. He, he got diseased in his feet. And he failed because he trusted in man instead of God. May we constantly be trusting in God to meet our needs every day of our life. Amen? Faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the more it will grow. So I want to encourage you to trust God. And finally, number four, we said you grow your faith by totally surrendering your life to Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Amen. And so listen, the more you surrender to Jesus, the more you look to Jesus, the more your faith will grow and the more battles you win. And the more victories you'll experience in your life. Amen. Y'all agree with that? If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. All right. This concludes our review from last week. Now, the second quality that we're going to talk about is the everlasting character quality of hope. Hope. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. Let's look at the second quality called hope. What is hope? Hope is the confident expectation and and anticipation of good things. It's the expectation and anticipation of good things. Hope looks into the future. And hope is simply a confident expectation and anticipation of good things to happen in your life in the future. How many of you expecting good things to happen in your life in the future? That's what hope is. How do you know if you have hope? See if any of these words describe you. Because this is the opposite of hope. The feeling of despair. Discouraged. Defeated. Downcast. Disheartened. Pessimistic. It never happened for me. These are, these are antonyms to hope. If any of these words describe you, you might be lacking hope this morning. And this message is for you. Hope allows you to constantly expect and anticipate great things from God. That's what hope is. See, listen, hope is not wishful thinking. I wish I could. I hope I can. It's not wishful thinking. Hope I can get through school. Hope is not being an optimist. You know, I gotta, I gotta think positive. You know, I, 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 I gotta think the glass is half full instead of half empty. It's not what hope is. It's not wishful thinking. It's not an optimistic attitude. Hope is the infusion of the nature and the character of God. It's what hope is. It's the infusion of the nature and character of God. Listen to what the psalmist said, Psalm 42, 5. David said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed 
within me. Put your hope in God. See, hope is the character quality that we get from the Spirit of God. We don't have to strain for it. We don't have to be uh, of a certain background to have it. We don't have to have a certain social status to have it. It comes from the Spirit of God. And so therefore, everybody is a candidate for it. Amen? Everybody can have it. Amen? Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy, peace, because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, our hope is not in people. Our hope is not in places. Our hope is not in things. Our hope is in God. Our source of hope is in the nature and character of God. God is a God of hope. Isn't he? If that's not the gospel you've been preached, you've been preached the wrong gospel. The Bible is good news. Amen. Hope is having constant expectation and anticipation that God is going to do great things in my life. Does that describe you? Do you expect great things to happen in your life? Maybe not. Maybe you're lacking hope. Listen, there's good news this morning. For those of you that might feel discouraged, disappointed, defeated, downcast, disheartened, there's good news today. You can have hope. God has hope for you. You can be filled with hope. Amen? The God of hope can fill you with the constant expectation that something good is right around the corner for me. Amen? You know, why is it so important to anticipate and expect great things from God? Well, spiritual empowerment comes to those who are anticipating and expecting great things to come. How many of you know hope will help you? Hope empowers you. Hope empowers me in many ways. And I just want to look at a couple of reasons why we need hope. Well, number one, you need hope because it empowers you to get strengthened, renewed strength. You know, sometimes we lose hope because we get so tired. We get so weary. You ever been there? You lose hope. Man, you know, whenever Tanya and I went on vacation a couple weeks ago, we were on a trail. And um, we were struggling because, I don't know, their measurement of a mile is not the same as what we in our brains thought a mile was. And they said, this hike is only two miles. That's the longest two miles I've ever walked in my life because it was straight uphill, you know. And we were, I mean, we're, you know, our tongues are hanging out and we're just like, you know, and somebody's coming back down from the, from the scenic site. And I said, hey, we're almost there, almost there. Oh, you got a long way to go, and it's up. Appreciate the hope. And man, I tell you what, the more you got to climb the hill of life, the tireder you get, the more strength you lose. Amen? But then we had this little Asian couple coming down, and uh, and uh, we we didn't even have to ask. He could tell in our faces, please help us. We need hope. And he said, one more minute and you will be there. All of a sudden, the veins started popping out of our, 
our body. <laughs> and we had renewed strength because we had hope. We are going to make it, Tanya. We're going to make it. Don't give up or give in. Come on, how many of you know hope will strengthen you? Isaiah 40, 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You might have heard it said, those that wait on the Lord. You know what wait is? Wait is hope. Those who hope in the Lord, they will soar in wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. If you're tired and weary from waiting and fighting through life's battles, I want to encourage you to begin to anticipate and expect great things from God. It'll give you new strength. Listen, not natural strength. Natural strength is limited. I'm talking about supernatural strength that is unlimited. God has a way of infusing you with His hope that will give you strength in your legs, strengthen your spiritual legs to be able to climb the hills of life. Amen? We need hope. Everybody needs hope. You might be here this morning. You need hope. Come on, hope in the Lord. Is there anything impossible for God? Is there anything God can't do? If you believe that, you have hope. Amen? Hope empowers me to get through disappointments, defeats, and failures. The psalmist said in 42.5, David said, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? Why was David so downcast and disturbed in his soul? I believe if you know the life of David, you know that it was because of disappointments, because of defeats, and because of failures in his life. That's why he was feeling that way. But you know what? The psalmist knew. David knew. If he would put his hope in God, he, if he would just begin to anticipate and expect great things from God, that hope would get him through his disappointments, his defeats, and his failures. You know, some people, they experience failure in their life and they never recover. They never recover. They live with the with the disappointment of that failure all the rest of their life. And I don't know, but I just believe somebody's in this room that has been beating themselves up because of a mistake, a failure you've gone through. And I want you to know that God don't want you to live in that valley of disappointment or failure. You need to get the hope of God in you and expect great things around the corner. Amen. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've done. There is good news this morning that God's got a plan and a purpose for you. Amen. First Peter 1 6 says, be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. There's great joy ahead. So let me encourage you. God's got something good ahead for you. Number three, hope empowers me to stay on the path of freedom. You know, I believe that there are many people that that um, that become enslaved to all kinds of bondages and addictions because they lack hope. And they're trying to find some encouragement somewhere and they revert to things that begin to control and ruin their life. But you know, if we could just put our hope in God, that the God that we serve is a good God and He's reliable and we can count on Him. But you know, some people have no sense of things ever getting better. But listen what... 1 John 3, 3, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself 
just as He is pure. See, hope empowers you to say no to the world's ways. To say no to the way, the world's ways of coping with life. Hope says I don't have to rely on anybody, any person, anything. I can rely on my king and my master. I don't need to rely on the arm of the flesh. God is going to get me through it. Amen. And so some people, they just get so anxious. They get so fearful. They get so worried. They get so, they get so, uh, so shaken by life's circumstances that they're looking for something to hurry up and, and help them. But I tell you, the more you have the hope of God in your life, the straighter you can walk. The more you can say no to the world's solutions and live a pure life. And finally, hope empowers me to enjoy a restful, joyful, and peaceful life. You know, listen, what good is life if you have no peace If your whole life is in turmoil, God has a better life than just surviving. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross that we might have life and have it abundantly. Amen. So listen, some people can't enjoy a peaceful life, a restful life. And they eat their fingernails and they just sit up and night, can't get any good sleep because they're so worried. they got turmoil on the inside of them. But I tell you what hope will do. Hope will give you rest. And hope will give you peace. The Bible says in Psalm 62, 5, I find rest in God. Only He gives me hope. I find rest in God. Are you resting today? Are you enjoying peace today? Maybe you're not. I'm here to tell you, you can have some rest in your life. Amen. When you have hope and you anticipate and expect good things to come, you're going to have a greater amount of peace and rest in your life. That's the bottom line, isn't it? You know, Jesus was sleeping in the boat. Why the... Disciples were fretting. There was something he knew that they hadn't really got yet. He knew that God would get him through. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that the God and the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Because you trust in him. You know, listen, your emotions will follow your thought patterns many times. And so if you're thinking failure, if you're thinking hopelessness, if you're thinking it's never going to get better, your emotions are going to follow that thought track. But if you start thinking the God that I serve that owns a cattle on a thousand hills, he got everything under control. He's the boss over everything. And he's, he's Lord, he's in charge, and he's my God, he's my king. And he knows exactly where I'm at. And he knows how to get me where I need to go. And I'm just going to expect that God is going to do something great for me. All of a sudden, my emotions have to follow that thought pattern. And instead of being all down and discouraged and depressed, something in my emotions is going to have to revert to having joy and peace. Amen? Amen. Come on. Why do we need hope? Well, number one, it empowers me. gives me strength. 
It empowers me to get through disappointments and defeats. It empowers me to stay on the right path, the path of freedom. It empowers me to enjoy a more restful and a peaceful life. That's enough reason right there to want hope in your life. Amen. Now, so how do you, how do you get hope if you've been hopeless or you find yourself hopeless? Where do you get it? How do you find it? Well, let me just share with you three accessible and reliable sources of hope. Let's go back for a moment to Romans 15, the verse we just read. And I want you to look at it with me. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely. Now, let me ask the question. Where did Paul say our source of hope was? Is it in Budweiser? Is it in Acadiana Mall? Is it in the Republican Party? The federal government? It's in God. Our source of hope is in God. It's, in, it's not in your employer. It's in God. God is the source of our hope. Amen. You see, listen, God's spirit gives us hope. Listen to this verse again. I pray that the God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what one of the functions of the Spirit is? It's to fill us with hope when we're feeling hopeless. That's one of the functions of the Spirit. Whenever he, whenever he's around us and he sees us losing our hope, oh, I got to infuse them with some hope. That's the function. The Holy Spirit will fill you with the confident expectation that good things are around the corner. It's sometimes it's hard to explain it. You just got to experience it. You just got to, you just got to have it happen to you and to know what we're talking about. But the Holy Spirit can do in an instant what a thousand counselors and encouragers couldn't do in a lifetime. The Spirit of God is so powerful that it can break the yoke of disappointment and discouragement and turn you on the dime and bring you from despair to joy in a minute. Amen. That's the power of the Spirit. The more Spirit-filled you are, the more hope you're going to have. It's the bottom line. So then the question is, how do you get more of God's Spirit? Well, we ask Him. We ask Him for more. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who Ask him. Ask him for what? The Holy Spirit. Say, well, I got the Spirit when I was saved. Yeah, but if you're feeling hopeless, you need more of God's Spirit. If you're in despair, you need more of God's Spirit. Amen? The more trials you go through, the more Spirit-filled you need to be. There is the Spirit-filling, and then there's the baptism, and then there's the flooding, and then there's the river, and then there's more than you can ever handle. God's got more than you need to get through what you're going through. Amen? So sometimes you just got to stop and say, God, I need the empowerment of your Spirit spirit right now. Lord, I need fresh strength right now. And hope comes by the spirit. Amen. Come on. How many of you need it this morning? So hope, number one, God gives hope through his spirit. But number two, God's word gives us hope. His word gives us hope. Romans 15, four says this, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction 
so that through perseverance and encouragement of the scripture, we may have hope. The promise of the scripture will infuse you with hope. Y'all ever been there? You know, listen, don't buy in to the Western example of Christianity. That all you got to do is go to church and that'll be good enough right there. No, you need to get the full-on dose of Christianity. Learn to get in the Bible. Learn the promises of God's Word. Because one promise from God's Word will take you from hopelessness to hopeful. Amen? God's Word will do it. God's Word will bless your socks off. Amen? And so listen... The Apostle Paul, remember he was in that great storm. They had, you know, he was, he was a slave now for preaching the gospel. And they put him on a ship and they were going to take him somewhere to go to trial and all that. And they went through this incredible storm. They were in this northeasterner, a typhoon type storm. And uh, they had lost all hope of even their life being spared. Bible says in Acts 27, 20, the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Have you ever been to that place where it seems like your trials blotted out the sun and the stars and got you to the place where all hope was gone? Ever been there? That's where the apostle Paul was. Everybody on that ship got to that place. They lost all hope. But Paul, just a little bit later, he was filled with hope. Why? Because he got a word, a promise from God. If you take the time to go read that story in Acts 27, a little bit further, the Bible says in verse 22, Paul stood up and told those guys that were actually holding him hostage, said, take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you, so take courage, for I believe God, it will be just as he said. Paul got a word from God. Paul had no hope of surviving, but all of a sudden, He received hope that they're going to make it to the other side. Why? A word from God came. Man, when you get a word from God, you can feel hopeless. But man, when God comes and speaks to you, a promise, it'll help you. See, often quoted, what's impossible with man is possible with God. Why? You know why we like that verse so much? It brings hope to us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why we quote that so much? It brings hope to us. Amen? God's word. Whenever everything in your life is shouting failure, everything in your life is, is, is shouting impossible, the promise of God's word shouts back. It's going to work out. It's going to happen. You're going to make it. You're going to survive. You're not going to go down. You're going to make it to the other side. I'll give you a log to hold on to. And you're going to float to that island. And you're going to make it. 
That's the power of God's word. It'll fill you with anticipation and expectation of good things to come. God's grace, number three, gives us hope. Our way, or our way will bring us to an end, but God's grace will take us through. You know, one way God fills us with hope is just by simply allowing us to experience His grace. You know, how, how do you know that you can depend on something until it's tested? How do you know you can rely on something until it's tested? Sometimes God allows us to test His nature and character to prove to us that He's good so that our hope is secure. Listen what the Bible says, Romans 5 and 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that help, that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. This hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with, this, with his love. You know, problems either make you bitter or better, depending on how you view them. But once you realize that, listen, God is not going to waste one experience, and God's going to allow us to go through trials, and he's simply testing our faith, strengthening our faith, getting our hope to the place where it's not shaken anymore, that we can just rely that even though we're going through a storm, that it's going to be okay that God's going to see us through. Amen? The more our faith is tested, the more our walk with God is tested, the more confident we become in His faithfulness. Why do we, why can we rely on God so much? Well, because we put it through the test time and time again. And God, as the psalmist said, will never leave you, never forsake you. He said, I was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. When we learn to embrace and face our problems, knowing that God is helping us and strengthening us, all of a sudden we will experience God's grace in a way that we've never experienced before. Paul said, my, he said, I learned that when I went through problems that, you know, the bottom line was God said, don't worry about the thorn. Just know that my grace is sufficient for you. Do you know that God's grace is sufficient for you? See, somebody in here might be need to hear that, that God's grace is sufficient for you. You ever heard of that story about, you know, the Bible says in uh, Romans 12 too, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transform is a word that we get a metamorphosis from. And the example is the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. Whenever a caterpillar goes through metamorphosis, he becomes a butterfly. Now, would you rather be a caterpillar or a butterfly? Well, to get from being a caterpillar to a butterfly, you got to go through transformation. You got to go through metamorphosis. Now, somebody, as they watched a caterpillar go into his cocoon and become the butterfly, thought, oh my goodness, that butterfly is struggling to get out of that cocoon. He may never make it. Let me go help him. So they decided to go help the little butterfly and open up the cocoon so the butterfly could get out of that cocoon a lot faster 
and enjoy freedom. But what they didn't know is the creator knows exactly what he's doing. And for that butterfly to have enough strength to learn how to fly, he needed to go through the trial of the cocoon. And so whenever they went and helped the butterfly get through the trial of the cocoon, what they did was instead of help the butterfly, they hurt the butterfly because the butterfly's wings never developed to the point where he learned how to fly. See, God loves us enough to let us go through the trial of the cocoon so we can get strength in our wings. So instead of be like a worm crawling around on the ground all day, he would rather us develop some wings so we can learn to fly and be the beautiful creation that he created us to be and learn to enjoy life as we're infused with hope. Amen. And so don't look at the cocoon as a bad thing. Embrace it and say, God, you've given me some strong wings and I'm going to be able to fly above my circumstances and my situation. Would you stand with me? Let's, let's just take a moment to just get before God. Just close your eyes for just a moment. Let me just ask you a question. Are you weak? Are you tired? Have you lost strength? They that hope in the Lord will gain new strength. Can I encourage you today? You're going to make it. Can I encourage you today that God can give you strength before you get through that trial? That you don't have to go on vacation to get rest. That you can get strength this morning as the Spirit of God fills you with His hope. Can you just lift your heart right now to God and say, God, I need strength. I need your strength today. I'm weak, Lord. I need strength. God, I'm tired. I feel like I'm a faint. I feel like I'm a fall and not be able to get up and I need strength. Come on. This is your moment. This is your opportunity to put your hope in God, to expect, anticipate God to touch you right where you are. He's here today to give strength to those that are weak. Spirit of the Lord, come and fill hearts and fill lives. Lord, they're your children. They're your creation. Lord, today come and fill. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Maybe this morning you're disappointed. You feel defeated. You feel like a failure. The enemy's trying to tell you you can't recover. Can you, can you put your hope in God this morning? Can you lift up your heart today and say, God, I don't want to live defeated. I don't want to live disappointed. I don't want to feel like a failure. God, I know that you could give me a second chance. I know you're a God of mercy. You're God of grace. You forgive our past. You give us hope for the present. And of course, incredible hope for the future. Come on. Come on. This day, God wants to help you today. He wants to infuse you with hope. He is the God of hope. Come on. Let him just infuse you right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on. Some of you. Come on, you may be just on, on the verge of having to, to, to turn to something that the world has to offer to cope. And God's saying, no, come on, come on. Don't turn to the things of the world. Come on, turn to me. 
Turn to me. I want to fill your heart and fill you with peace today. Thank you, Lord God, for the release of your presence today. Thank you for the release of your grace. Come on, saints. Come on, reach out right now by faith. Reach out right now. Lord, you're the God of hope. Lord, release great hope. Release great expectation. Release great anticipation that good things are around the corner. That, Lord, you're in charge and that you're on our side. Come on. This is the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for a future and a hope. I got plans for welfare and not calamity, a future and a hope. Thank you, Father God, that you're releasing your spirit. You're releasing your anointing right now. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Lord. Come on. How many of you here today say, man, Todd, I need hope this morning. I need hope. I need hope today. I need a dose. I need a dose of hope. Come on. If that's you, come on, lift your hands right now. And look, while you lift your hands, just step out of the aisle and just come down here to the altar. Come on, take a, take a walk of hope this morning. Take a walk of hope this morning. Take a walk. Come on, reach out right now to God. I know you don't have to come down here to get hope, but there's something about it where you move out of where you are to get where you need to be. God meets you there. Thank you, Father God, that there's a release right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Would you that are out there, would you reach your hands out towards those now? Come on. He's the God of hope. Come on. Standing here is not how you get it. Open up your heart and say, God, I need your hope. And if we can get some some altar workers, Come on, man. God's got hope for you this morning. He's got help for you this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's get some altar workers out here. And let's stand with these believing with them and praying for them. Thank you, God, that the God of hope is being released right now. Father, I pray that you break all depression, all discouragement. Lord, all the Lord, the, the, the onslaught of the enemies. Lord, torment. We break its power. We break its hole right now in the mighty name name of Jesus and we declare that the God of hope is infusing the hopeless with hope today. Thank you Father for the Spirit of God. Lord we, th- we declare that Lord darkness is being broken right now. Come on some of you, you, you feel so hopeless that you don't feel like you can even take a step. Well, I'm here to tell you that God will infuse you right where you are. Come on, take that step. Come on, step out of where you are. Come on, step out of where you are right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, the enemy is trying to lie. He's trying to kill. He's trying to steal. But Jesus came so that you didn't have to live under the bondage of his oppression, but you can live with freedom and liberty. Thank you, Father God, for the spirit of hope that is being released over this congregation right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now listen, those of you that are out there, you don't feel maybe hopeless, but I want to challenge you today to anticipate greater things in your life than you know right now and that you've experienced. I believe that God has a greater blessing for you. God has a greater breakthrough for you. God has another level for you. But I want you to reach out in hope and believing I haven't achieved everything that God has for me. I have more. I'm wondering, do I get a witness out there? Do I I get an affirmation out there that you believe that God has more? God has more. Come on, let's put our hope in God. God has more. He has more. He has more. Father, I thank you for anticipation and expectation that is released over this congregation. 
that we will not settle for the status quo. We will not settle for where we are, but we're going to believe and expect for God to do greater things than we've ever experienced before in our life. Thank you, Father, for the spirit of anticipation, the spirit of expectation to be released over this house today in the mighty and the powerful and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed shouted and said amen. 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 Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I trust that you been encouraged today and you're going to be able to go out and face whatever life throws your way with the hope and the anticipation that you're going to get through it. Amen? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.